Hello, I would like to talk to you about case studies in faith. Last time when I was here, I had the privilege to talk about um, the case of Caleb. And this time I would like to introduce you to a gentleman by the name of Abraham, who is called the father of our faith. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, I would like to first of all, um, invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, which is really our jumping off platform, you could say, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, which talks about, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so this uh, theme called case studies in faith really is exactly that. We want to uh, be able to follow the people of faith. And there's a list in Hebrews chapter 11. And what we want to do as a case study, we want to look at each person individually and see what they did and what they said and the circumstances that they were in, that they were called uh, heroes of faith. And so that entire chapter begins with God, who, you know, is the first one listed in that, in that whole list of people all operating by faith. We know that God created the heavens and the earth, and the Bible makes it clear that he did it by faith. He's, he spoke the worlds into existence. And so faith is a very powerful voice, a very powerful force. And so we want to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so that's why we want to put Abraham under the microscope and see uh, what happened to him. And we find in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, I would just like to read that to you. Uh, it tells us this, that by faith, Abraham, when he was called out, to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing where he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So this is the story, the case of Abraham. And in this study, we're going to find out three major things. Number one, we're going to see that God is the initiator of faith. He is the one who starts out the entire faith project, and we just simply respond to it. Number two, we find out that faith begins where the will of God is known. It's impossible to exercise faith unless you know what the will of God is. And number three, we're going to find out that faith will always move you. It'll never cause you to, to stay 
quiet or to or to stay in one place it'll cause you to be moved so we're gonna unpack these three major points uh, in the case of Abraham and let's begin by talking about the fact that number one God is the one who initiates faith the Bible tells us right here that uh, God is the one who called Abraham and Abraham just basically responded to the call and you'll find that in your life as well I found that to be true in my life God is the one who called me I remember that so clearly uh, on a on on a day on a Saturday night I, I remember I walked out of a full gospel businessmen's meeting and God got my attention during that meeting I don't want to go into all the details but it was almost scary that he want that he was after me it just felt that way and all I needed to do is to say yes to his call now it took me a little while to finally say yes to his call but I'm so glad that finally after trying to figure it out for six months I finally said yes to the call I acknowledged I confessed Jesus as my Lord I believed in my heart that God was raised from the or God raised Jesus from the dead and because of that I became saved praise the Lord now I find I'm sure you'll find the very same thing maybe in a different circumstance um, maybe in a different country even for that matter but God is the same he is the one who initiates the call and all we do is we respond to the call and our response to his call is what is called faith faith just simply responds to the call of God on our lives and I can say during our lifetime uh, you know during our ministry God is always the one who initiates things he's the one who brings things up either through his word or by his spirit he'll bring something to our attention that really stands out to us and then we answer the call of God on our lives now there's also been times that we try to muster something up and uh, but you know it, it's very difficult to to answer to God if you're the one who's in charge of answering your own call I remember you know actually my my wife and I were talking about it just the other day how that we after we came back from Bible school we really wanted to go to Salmon Arm there was an opening uh, for for ministry at that time we got a good friend there he said there's an opportunity for you and why don't you let me set up a meeting with the uh, with the pastor and uh, you know when you guys get to talk then I'm sure that the Lord will open up a door of ministry for you well we just loved Salmon Arm and still do of course but uh, you know but we Ingrid and I both knew that's not the will of God we knew that we we were supposed to start somewhere else it was very clear to us during our Bible school days but you know I thought well maybe just maybe God will change his mind about where we where we start out and so we went to Salmon Arm we talked to the pastor everything seemed to be really good and I remember driving home and even though everything seemed to be pretty good we had this nagging feeling on the inside of us no no this is not the will of God this is not the this is not the plan of God so it's really difficult to 
exercise faith in that specific area. And of course, it was just a matter of time and the whole plan that we had mustered up and we had trying to figure out and we were, we were uh, pursuing, it fell apart. It was flat and it, didn't just, it just did not work out whatsoever. But we always knew that the plan of God was for us to start somewhere else. And that was real simple. It's easy for us to exercise faith. We knew this is the will of God. So it was easy for us to step into that other role that the Lord had been talking to us about for for several years, actually. So uh, faith really means to for us to simply respond to the call of God. He called Abraham. He will call you. He'll call you out of darkness. He'll call you out of sin. He'll call you out of sickness and disease. He'll call you out of a lifestyle of addiction. He'll call you out of poverty. He'll call you out of strife into the very thing that he has promised you. And so this is the reason why the word of God is of utmost importance or importance, and this is the reason why the Spirit of God should be very important in your life as well, because those are the voices that God uses to speak into your life so that faith is established, so that you've got something that you can respond to. Again, it's impossible for you to lift yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak, and just begin a life of faith, a journey of faith by your own self. God is the one that has to call you out of something, just like he did with Abram. He called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, which is really out of modern-day Iraq, and he told him, uh, I want you to leave your country, I want you to leave your family, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And the Bible tells it tells us that he went out not knowing where he went. And so you'll find out pretty quick when, when you live a lifestyle of faith, when this become, becomes your normal way of operating, it's, uh, it's not a boring life. It really is an adventurous life. It's maybe not always comfortable because we like to have everything planned out and we'd like to have things that connects the dots. We want everything to be in bullet form, A, B, C, D, or number one, two, three, and four. But our lives, a lifestyle of faith doesn't function that way. Our steps are ordered of the Lord and we are just going to follow him every step of the way and you'll see that not only will you be blessed but your family will be blessed your your business your ministry your place of employment all will be blessed simply because you are following Jesus you're following God you're following the word of God and it's a lifestyle that Abraham got got used to uh, by connecting the dots by following what God had told him. So faith means, really this, faith means to have confidence in the word of a person, in this case God, based solely on the character of the one who said it. That's what it means. God is the one who calls you. And when we respond in faith, it's simply done because we have confidence in the character of the one 
who said it. Well, why is it possible for us to have confidence in God? Well, he is his nature, his character is beyond reputation. And the reason why his character is above reproach is because he has done something. He operates in a certain way. Jesus operates in a certain way. And that is found in Psalm 138 verse 2. It tells us, uh, I will worship towards your holy temple and I will praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Isn't that something? Isn't that an amazing scripture that God has magnified, Jesus has magnified his word above all of his name. That's the reason why he has such a good name, because he thinks more of keeping his word than trying to get a reputation. Well, that's how we're supposed to live as well, isn't it? We are supposed to live by our words. Our word is our bond. And when you live like that, not only will you be a person of faith, but you will be a person of character as well. Just like God's character is above reproach, just like Jesus' character is above reproach, based on this very fact that he has magnified his word above all of his name, we will have a character that is beyond reproach as well when we operate that way. This is how people of faith are supposed to live. We live by words. We think more of our word than we think of our name. We think more of our word than we think of trying to get a reputation. As a matter of fact, that's how you will get a reputation when you think more of your word than all of your name. All right, so that's, num that's number one. God is the one who in initiates uh, faith and we just simply respond to his call. He calls us out of darkness again. He calls us out of sin again. He calls us out of sickness and disease into his life and his lifestyle through his word. Let's go to number two. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, this is not a statement that I'd come up with. It's something that I got from a very famous uh, evangelist by the name of F.F. F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer. He talks about how important it is for us to know what the will of God is. And so he made this statement, faith begins where the will of God is known. And how many of you know that's very true? It's certainly true. It's been true in my life because there was a time in my life, for instance, I did not know uh, if God uh, if God wanted me to be saved. I, I just didn't know that. I sure hoped so. I sure hoped that I was going to heaven and I was doing my utmost, well, not my utmost, but I was, you know, putting at least some effort in trying to get there. I just didn't know that it's God's will for me to be saved and go to heaven. It was only when I came in contact with born-again, spirit-filled people who told me what the Word of God said regarding that matter that I became con convinced regarding the will of God. It took me a little while to, to figure it out because I thought 
uh, you know, you just do the best that you can on this earth. You know, you try to be honest. You try not to lie. You try not to hurt people. You do the, you just do the best you can. And then when you die, you get to heaven. And if God likes you, you get to stay. If he doesn't like you, he shoots you off to hell. That's kind of my understanding of the entire gospel. That's not even the gospel, but I'm sure you know what I mean. So when I found out that it is God's will, that not all men, but specifically it's, it's God's will that I am saved. I had to make it personal. It's God's will for me to be saved, that it didn't take me long to accept what he had offered me and for me to act on his word. And so I began to say what the Bible says. I confess, I acknowledge with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe with all my heart that God has raised him from the dead and now I'm saved. And it took me a little while, like I said, to figure it all out. But once I said it, it became a reality in my spirit to the point that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved. I was born again. I'm a child of, of God. So this is not only true in the area of salvation, knowing the will of God, but this would also be true in the area of healing. Faith begins where the will of God is known regarding healing. Again, I didn't know what the will of God was. You know, I just thought uh, you just, if, if it's God's will for you to be healed, then you'll be healed. If it's not, you can't do anything about it. You can pray all you want. You can fast all you want. You can go to church all you want. If it's not God's will for you to be healed, it's not going to happen. That's how I thought. And so that's the reason why I never expected to be healed. But once you read the word, again, <laughs> the word of God really is the source of our faith because the word of God is God speaking to us. Amen. When God speaks, he mainly speaks through his word and the Holy Spirit is there to confirm the word to us, to verify that word to us and bring it into manifestation, into reality in our lives. Now, let me talk about healing for just a moment. There is an instance in the scriptures in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 41, where there was a leper who came to Jesus who didn't know if it's God's will for him to be healed. He knew God was able, he, or he knew that Jesus was able, he just did not know if he was willing. So let's read these scriptures. Mark chapter 1, 40 through 41, it reads, and there came a leper to him, that's to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. So again, the man had no problem with Jesus' ability to heal him, but he just didn't know if he was willing to. Well, Jesus settled that question in the, in the man's mind. And if he can do settle the question in this man's mind, he needs to settle the same question in your mind as well, if it's God's will to be healed. What did Jesus tell him? He said, and Jesus moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be clean. I will be clean 
be clean. Well, since, it, since Jesus is not a respecter of persons, you may as well know if you would ask the question, is it your will, Jesus, for me to be healed? He would have to tell you the very same thing. If it's God's will for the leper to be healed, it must be God's will for you to be healed. So rather than talking about how much faith you need in order for you to walk in health, rather than trying to measure your faith, rather than making your faith and the size of it the issue, why don't we focus in, why don't we zero in on the willingness of God? Because I tell you what, the more you are convinced regarding God's will regarding healing, the easier, the easier it is for you to have faith in that specific area. So faith is not really the problem. Faith is not the issue. The size of your faith, the measure of your faith is not the point. What is the point is this, that you need to be convinced in your spirit, in your, in your soul, in every part of your being, you must be convinced or persuaded that it is God's will for you to be healed. Does that make sense to you? In the same way that you need to be uh, you need to be persuaded. You just need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is God's will for you to be saved. You need to know it's God's will for you to be healed. And once you know that, once you are at a place that it's no longer an issue or, uh, or it, it has doubt, uh, it presents a doubt in your mind, once you're at that place, then faith is not a problem whatsoever. So, uh, we've done our best. I've always done my best rather than talking about the size of your faith. I've done my utmost over the years to really basically talk people into what the word says. What does God say? What did he say regarding salvation? What did he say regarding healing? What did he say regarding your family? Well, we know the scriptures, right? Uh, Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. It is, you know, it, uh, if you believe on the Lord, Paul said, you and your household, you and your family will be saved. That's the will of God, that your family is saved. So ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question right now. Right now, what do you know for yourself is the perfect will of God? Because I'm just asking this question. I'm bringing it up because sometimes people like to go way off into areas that they shouldn't really, that they don't have any business. You know, they just try to really build a third story on a vacant lot. They're trying to figure out, you know, is it God's will for me to marry that woman or that man? Is it God's will for me to get that type of a car or that type of a house? Those are, don't get me wrong, those are very important things, but it would be better for you to be totally persuaded totally convinced for yourself, what is the will of God? What do you know is God's will for your life right now? Perhaps you're not saved. Well, that would be a great place for you to start, to become so persuaded it is God's will for you to be saved. <laughs> Amen. That's what the scriptures 
tell us that these things, they have been written that you may know that you have eternal life. Well, if you don't know that, this will be a good opportunity for you to actually know that. Know that uh, in a place that is really beyond your mental capacity to understand it even. Is it, you know, you can ask yourself some other questions. Uh, what do you know for yourself? Do you know it's God's will for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If you're not sure about that, I would, I would, um, get myself, I would get dunked into the word, so to speak, get baptized in the word, so to speak, to a place that you are absolutely persuaded that it's God's will for you to be filled with the spirit and speak with other tongues. Is it God's will for you to be healed? Again, uh, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm trying to talk you into it, but really the truth of the matter is I want God to talk you into it because if I can talk you into it the devil is able to talk you out of it but if you can see from the scriptures if you can hear Jesus voice telling you it I will be made whole I will be healed then it's now an issue between you and the Lord and I would say that would be the best place to be because again you are not trying to muster up something by yourself you're not trying to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps but you're basically responding to what you know is the will of God in your life so uh, also, let me ask you this question that I'm, I would dare to say there's probably some things in your life that you're involved in that's not, not God's will. So why don't you get rid of those things? If you know it's not God's will for you to smoke or to be involved in uh, pornography, if you are dealing with addictions that you know are not right, then why don't you submerge yourself you know, submit yourself to the word of God to a point that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that God wants you saved. He wants you delivered. He wants you free from the things that are holding you captive and are holding you back. All right, let's move to the next point. Number three, faith will always move you. Amen. Faith will move you. We see from Abraham that uh, that the minute I don't want to say the minute, but soon after when God called him to you know to get yourself up out of the land that you're in, out of Ur of the Chaldees, and away from your parents, then what Abraham did is he he. That's exactly what he did. He moved away. Now, he didn't immediately do everything just right because he took his family with him. But over time, thank God, he did fully obey, obey the Lord. And he moved away from his place of origin. Now, how many of you know that's not always comfortable, right? Uh, when you walk by faith, it's not always comfortable because I can guarantee you this. You will move into some areas that you've never been before. You're going to move into some unfamiliar territory. You're going to face some things that you've never faced before. You're going to be involved in situations that you wish you had never gotten in before, but because you are responding to the call of God on your life and you took a step of faith, praise God, it got you to those places where you are now. And so if you're following the Lord, there's no reason for you to be, uh, to 
you know, to become weak, to become faint, to, uh, you know, to go down in ashes. There's no reason for you to walk in fear, but for you to keep walking, just moving ahead, walk in victory. So before you're able to operate in mountain moving faith, such as we've heard Jesus say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be cast into, or, uh, you know, be, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Now, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to move mountains. Amen. But before we can ever move mountains, before you go to Banff and try to, you know, to move the three sisters out in that area, you may as well know this, before you can move mountains, your faith will need to move you. Praise God, move you into situations that are perhaps beyond your comprehension. Push you into areas that you're, you know, that you have never been in. Put you into financial settings you've never, never, ever expected to be in. But thank God, it's because you have responded to the call of God. Because you have operated in faith, you have found yourself in situations like that. But it's the easiest thing for you to trust the Lord. Because He's the one. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. So your faith will move you into new territories. It will show you new horizons. It will get you uh, to think higher thoughts. Not only that, but it will cause you to make better decisions in your life that will lead to greater benefits as, as well. So it should move you. Faith should move you. It, you know, it should not keep you bound to where you are. You know, there's a there's a, an instance in John chapter 9 where a blind man was healed. And after he was healed, he went to the Pharisees because they called him. They wanted to make sure that this was indeed the guy that had been blind, you know, from birth. And so he came and, and he told the story uh, how that this man, you know, he didn't know who he was, but, you know, he knew that this man had healed him. We know him, of course, to be Jesus. And then the Pharisees called the parents and the parents, uh, they basically said, yeah, this is our son. Uh, yes, he was born blind, but how he got healed, we don't know. And they didn't want to say anything else out of fear, the Bible says, that they would be put out of the synagogue because they feared the Pharisees. See, see, what happens is that when you operate in fear, it will paralyze you to a point that you'll never move away from the circumstance that you're in. And you know what? That is just so very sad. I just see so many people operating in fear, fear of the coronavirus, fear of failure, fear of, I don't know what, there's just so many ways that you can express and explain fear. And there's a title and there's, you know, there's a name for all of it. But thank God, if you are a person of faith, you'll never be paralyzed. You'll never be stuck in one spot. They'll, people will never be able to box you in. Those things will never happen because your faith will cause you to move. And sometimes you just got to get to the point that, you know, you may as well get up and get out 
and just move. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 7 uh, that talks about, you know, that uh, one of the cities in Israel was taken, was just under siege by a foreign army. And it got to the point, it was just absolutely horrible. It just got to the point there was no food to eat. And people were eating their own children. That's how bad it was. And then, you know, the king uh, wanted to have some answers. And he called for Elijah's head. He wanted to kill Elisha. Actually, I said Elijah is actually Elisha. He, he was calling for his head. That's, I don't know why. You know, I mean, that's the very guy that he needed because Elisha knew the plan of God. And the plan of God, according to Elisha, was in 24 hours, this entire situation, this entire siege and the economic stress that you're in, in 24 hours, it'll be over and done. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's really what he said because, you know, uh, he was saying that barley and wheat would be, would be able you'd be able to buy it at a very low cost again well you know they had not even seen barley and wheat for some time so this is the situation that they're in now while this is happening inside of the city outside of the city there were several lepers and they just said to each other you know i'll just read it to you second kings chapter 7 and verse 3 it tells us there were four lepers uh, who were sitting at the entry of the gate at the you know in front of the city and they said to one another why sit we here until we die now that's a good question isn't it why sit we here until we die and so i want to encourage you to ask the same question why are you doing what you are doing why are you not moving forward why are you not looking ahead why are you not believing god for his best to be operative in your life why can't you see what god wants to do in your life why are you operating in fear why sit we here until we die so they thought you know hey if we go back in the city we're gonna die uh, if we move forward to where the enemy is, we're going to die as well. But at least when we move forward, <laughs> there is a chance that they may uh, that they may spare our lives and maybe we can get something to eat. If we stay here, we're going to die for sure. If we move back in the city, we're also going to die because there's nothing there. If we move forward to where the enemy is, to where the camp of the enemy is, we don't know what's going to happen. The worst thing is that we're going to die because we're lepers. But it might be that they take pity on us, that they have compassion on us, and at least give us something to eat. Well, these four lepers... Just by making that decision, by moving forward, they were instrumental in seeing this 24-hour economic recovery take place. They were instrumental in it because they went to where the enemy was supposed to be and there was nothing left of the enemy. They don't know exactly what had happened, but it looked like the enemy got extremely afraid and they ran and they left everything behind them. So uh, they started eating because obviously they were hungry and they said to one another, it's not right for us to do this. We're going to have to let the city know. Uh, what's happening and so eventually the city found out what's going on and they 
went and they took the loot. They didn't even have to fight for it. They took the food. They took the riches. They took the wealth of the enemy. And in a 24-hour period, they were in an economic recovery like they had never seen before. All because somebody decided, four people decided that they wanted to not sit here till we die. We're going to move forward. Now, I pray that that's you. I pray that you will have that kind of a faith inside of you, that you will have that kind of a spirit inside of you, that you have that kind of a mentality inside of you, that you're not just going to stay here paralyzed in fear, but you're going to move out in 2021. All right. Having said that, we all we also know that once you start moving, you may as well may keep moving. Uh, it tells us about Abraham that by faith he sojourned. Well, the word sojourn just simply means he just kept moving. He kept moving from place to place in the land that God had promised him. He would go to one place and build himself a well, and the enemy would come, you know, and they would uh, throw sand in, in the wells that they had dug so they would move somewhere else again. And so it may not always be comfortable, but you may as well know this. If you keep moving, if you keep moving, you'll always find success in your life. It's, it's when you become stagnant in your life. It's when you, you know, kind of put your feet up, so to speak, uh, on the on the ottoman <laughs> when you you know think about taking it easy for a little while that's when trouble begins so just like abraham had to sojourn to the land you may as well know this you're going to have to keep moving as well god will always show you new horizons to shoot for he'll always show you new things so while it is important for us to be thankful for everything the Lord has done. We should never become comfortable in this world. We must keep moving. We must go from faith to faith. Just like Romans chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us, For therein the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So living by faith means that you keep moving on. You keep moving forward. You're never stagnant. You are never at a place that you can say, okay, I have finally arrived. No, there's always more souls for us to reach. There's always new platforms for us to attain to. There's always new realms for us to explore. Praise the Lord. I trust you got something out of this message. Uh, Ingrid and I would like to wish you a very happy, healthy, and a very prosperous 2021. And we pray that God's riches and best will not only follow you, but actually overtake you in this time of life. In Jesus' name.